0: You're listening to In the House house, with Laura Royer. Come on in. Hey there, I'm Laura Royer, former faculty with the University of Florida turned trainer and consultant for the housing and financial capability industry. I personally know the rewards of running a national award-winning housing and financial counseling program that helps people achieve their personal goals all while juggling the stress for finding ways to win, to stay on top of industry trends, funding needs, and necessary shifts to allow our organization to stay open relevant and the place for people to go for help the in the house podcast was created to provide an easy and accessible way for you to learn more about the best practices in our industry marketing technology and productivity hacks and strategic ways to consistently generate more revenue so that you can stay focused on what you do best, helping your community thrive by executing your organization's mission. So if you have a passion and commitment to helping others achieve their dream of home ownership, paying off debt, or just being successful with their money, you are definitely in the right place. So come on in, my friend, and let's find ways to win together. there and welcome back to another episode on in the house. Today, we are going to talk about a very important topic and quite frankly, a topic that we just don't talk enough about in our industry. And that is all about minimizing burnout. Listen, my friends, this is a topic I wish that somebody had pulled me aside and had a conversation with me when I was still working at the University of Florida running my own housing program. And quite frankly, I got burnout. It's one of the number one reasons why I actually quit my job and took a break because I was so burnout. I don't even think I realized truly what it was that I was dealing with, but I knew that I could no longer function at the job that I had once loved so much. In fact, recently I was attending the the Tennessee Housing Development Agency state conference And they actually had a speaker there that came and talked just about burnout. And it's kind of funny because they mentioned how this is a topic they had been wanting to address, but it wasn't a topic that many people voted for. So this year, they just decided to provide it anyway. And I'm going to be honest, a lot of people really were moved and touched by this topic. In fact, as I was listening to the counselor talk about Burnout and what it is, and how to minimize it, and how to overcome it in general. I really felt myself being stirred internally because I was still triggered by the experience that I had gone through experiencing burnout at the university when I was there. And so, a couple things. One, I realized I still had maybe some open doors that I needed to close and really finalize that. But I also realized that this is such an issue in our industry, and you guys are so valuable because honestly, what we do would never happen if we didn't have amazing people like you. And the truth is, whether you are experiencing burnout or you're just at a place where you just love what you do so much, you need to understand what it is and how to really either overcome it or completely prevent it. Because when you experience burnout, you will completely go from absolutely loving what you do to not liking it and in some ways hating it. And quite frankly, I don't want that for you. And that's why I've decided to do a whole episode on how do we understand, identify it, minimize it, and in some cases, for some of you, completely overcome it. And that's what today's episode is all going to be about. So I did some research, and I will just say I am not a licensed therapist. I'm not a professional uh, counselor in the sense of psychology or any of that but i am a good researcher and i do understand this from a personal experience and also working with people seeing other people experience it so i am going to be using some resources that i found in my own research and talk about my own personal experience intertwined in that but in my research i did find some information about really what burnout is and according to a psychologist herbert freudenberger he defines burnout as a state of mental or physical exhaustion that really can just zap the joy out of your career, friendships, and even your family interactions. It's a severe stress condition that leads to severe physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion. So some of you just listening to me even say the definition can honestly identify with it already. But let's talk about some of the signs of actual burnout. So some of the signs that that you'll experience, and these are not all inclusive, okay, because there are definitely some other ones out there, but more of the common ones, if you will, exhaustion, feeling tired all the time. And let me tell you, I have definitely experienced that. Being irritable, frustrated, maybe just not even feeling happy, okay, especially with the thought of having to go to the office sometimes. There's just no joy. Wanting to isolate yourself. In other words, just really not wanting to be around people in general. And even the thought of doing one more appointment in that day is really just the last thing you want. Avoidance, meaning not really dealing with the problem head on and avoiding the actual issues that may be leading or causing that burnout. And there's even this concept of escape fantasies, meaning that we're anything we can do that allows us to escape our current state of reality. We're all about that. And I can be honest with you, it's funny, when I read these, I know, looking back at my time working directly in the industry, I experienced every single one of these. I literally went in late every day in the last couple of years of being in the industry. I lacked motivation to show up in my job. I lacked motivation to get things done. I dreaded every aspect of it. Things that used to just make me feel so high on life, I no longer wanted to do. And even though I enjoyed helping people, I no longer have the passion in the same way. My passion had completely been depleted. Honestly, when I look at these things and even in the research that I've done about this, it just kind of makes me sad that I didn't understand what was really happening. So let me just say this before we really get any further. Whether you are burnt out or not, please listen to today's episode because I want to help you in ways that I was not helped myself and I want to make sure that your well-being and your Physical, mental, and emotional state is protected because we need you in this industry. So, let's talk about some of the stages of burnout and what that looks like. So, there's an excessive drive or ambition. It's really common for people when they start a new job, especially in the industry that we're in, because I truly believe you have to be a special human (laughs) to do what we do because we work for the nonprofit industry, which means we don't make a ton of money. So, we truly have to have a passion for what we do, and that's a passion for helping people help themselves. But, you know, we start off this job, we start off this industry. We are so excited. We can't wait to start seeing people. We are just totally moved by all of the amazing things that we're seeing happen in our client's life, right? And so we might, though, find ourselves being a bit too ambitious, too committed to the job, working longer hours, working more days, doing too much. And honestly, I think we saw a lot of this, even with the pandemic, where people were working from homes, they were working longer days because they just wanted to get things done or it just created an opportunity to work more hours because you were home and there was nothing else quote to do. So, this could definitely be a red flag. So be mindful that if you find yourself being really excessively driven, it's good to be passionate about what you do, but you have to have balance with that. Number 2, you're pushing yourself to work harder, which really goes hand in hand with what I just said about the excessive driver ambition, meaning you are just being pushed to work harder and harder. And then that leads to stage number 3, which is meaning you start to neglect your own needs, meaning you, you you really begin to sacrifice self-care, like sleep, exercise, eating well, like healthy, or maybe just eating regularly. And can I tell you, my friends, that is one of the areas I personally have struggled with a lot is it's not what I eat. It's the fact that I don't eat. I'll be so engrossed in what I'm doing and I will skip meals. And that is very unhealthy because it only is a matter of time before things start to self-destruct. So that leads to stage number four, which is the displacement of conflict, meaning instead of acknowledging that you're pushing yourself to the max and acknowledging what you're dealing with or what's going really going on, we start to blame other people. We start blaming our boss, our manager. We start blaming the clients. We start blaming the demands of the job. I have way too much on my plate. There's an unrealistic expectation. We start blaming our colleagues because of how we're feeling. Now, let me just say here really quick, I'm not saying that some of those complaints aren't legit because they might be, but let's be honest, they may not be all of the problem because one of the things that I learned a long time ago is we teach people how to treat us. We teach people how to interact with us. So if we are allowing things to happen, then we are essentially teaching them it's okay because we lack boundary. We're gonna talk about boundaries later in the episode. So definitely with the displacement of conflict, I'll just give you an example. I remember one of my displacement of conflicts that I was very mad about, which go figure, ironically, was funding. We were getting all of this money in to support our program. I know, it's such a horrible problem to have all this money coming in. The challenge though, in the organization I worked for, managing those funds, access to those funds, Navigating those funds was very difficult. We had too many layers that we had to go through to even make those grants or funding work. So there was a lot of discouragement oftentimes that I felt because there was opportunity, but we couldn't even maximize on the opportunity. So I remember often blaming people for not Understanding my needs as a professional or a manager or a director and providing that level of support that I needed to make things happen faster (laughs) than they were. Displacement of conflict is definitely a a real sign of burnout or burnout is on the horizon. Number five, no time for non work related needs. And these are things like the things you value the most. You start noticing you revise what's important to you because while those things are important, they become on the back burner. Work becomes the sole focus of what you do instead of spending time with your family or spending time with your friends or spending time with your hobbies, the things that you do that bring you joy. And so you start to realize you're starting to put yourself on the back burner and putting everything else in front of you. Stage number six leads to denial. And this is just really an impatience with those that are around you. It starts to mount up. And so instead of taking responsibility for what we are allowing or the behaviors that we're exhibiting, we start blaming other people and seeing them as incompetent or lazy or overbearing. I know this is a little tough love. This might be hard for some of us to hear, but we need to be real and we need to be honest and we need to ask ourselves, is some of the complaint that we're having Is it because we're truly just burnt out and we need to recover from that? Then we start to move into stage number seven, and that's withdrawal, meaning you begin to withdraw not only from your work, but you withdraw from your family, you withdraw from your friends. You lack direction, you feel lost. You sometimes even find yourself maybe being cynical. People are inviting you to things, parties, movies, dinner, and you either go and feel a burden and don't feel happy doing it. You feel like it's like an obligation or you just don't show up at all. And so this is definitely something to be mindful. If you've noticed that you're starting to resent having to be at certain things because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but truly you don't want to be there, that should be a red flag. Now, there are some legit reasons for not attending something, right? But These are things you want to be mindful of. And then stage number eight are behavioral changes. These are things that are happening to us that are changing in who we are and how we normally navigate our life. These may become more aggressive and they can even find ourselves being less patient, more irritable with people that we love for no reason. Find ourselves in a mood for no reason or we don't we can't really put our finger on what the reason is. Depersonalization is stage number nine, meaning we're feeling detached from our life or feeling detached from our ability to control what's happening in our organization, in our job. And so we're starting to feel detached because we're losing more control over what is happening around us or in our life or in our schedule, in our everyday operation. And then stage 10 leads to an inner emptiness or anxiety. This means you're feeling empty, or you're feeling anxious. Okay, you may turn to thrill seeking behaviors to cope with that emotion. Okay, you may um, do things that maybe spend more money than you should be spending, right? Because you need to escape. This is where that escape fantasy comes through because there's this emptiness and we're grasping for something or we're feeling anxiety and we're looking for something to calm us down. I know sometimes this is when I usually drink a lot of soda. Because I like the sugar in soda. I'm not a big soda drinker, but sometimes I will crave the syrup in the soda. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. Or junk food, right? A nice little half gallon of uh, Ben and Jerry's. Can't do you wrong if you do it every now and then. But when you find yourself doing it on the frequency, my <laughs> might need to be mindful of that, right? And then depression is stage number 11 where just things are starting to lose meaning okay what the passion that you used to have for what you do starts losing meaning you start to feel hopeless you start to feel uh, again it deepens that sense of emptiness and then the last stage of burnout is really mental or physical collapse meaning you have gone through all of these other stages and now you are completely 100 percent tapped out and even lost your ability to cope with the whole situation So i just want to say like i look at all of these stages and i can clearly identify with every single one of them now if you are in the same boat and you're actually saying wow i can really identify with these laura then i just want to say you have there's good news you can definitely overcome it okay so we're going to talk about how you overcome this now if you don't identify with them that's great but let me say this industry has a way of putting us in a place if we don't control what's happening in our lives and in our job that we can find ourselves in this situation. So I want to talk about this in two ways. One, how to really prevent it. And then what do we need to do if we're already starting to experience it or we're all in experiencing it? All right. So first things first, I just want to say that stress is really inevitable. Okay. You're going to feel stress from time to time, but stress is manageable. Burnout is different than stress, because burnout is completely preventable, all right? And so if you follow some of these things that I'm gonna talk about, you can literally give yourself the game plan for really preventing burnout in your life so that you never struggle with these stages that I've already mentioned. So the first and most important thing to prevent burnout from actually happening is to prioritize self-care. We know we need to take care of ourselves. We know we need to do some of the things that I'm going to mention. We know that when we start putting these things on the back burner or we start negotiating and allowing other things to take precedence over self-care, that should be concerning to us because while it may just be, quote, this one day, let me help you, my friend, one day turns into two Two turns into four, four turns into eight. and next thing you know, six months, a year down the road, couple years, you are now habitually not prioritizing self-care. And I've personally experienced this. I definitely have seen this in my own life. And this is why I don't give myself a choice when it comes to self-care because the truth of the matter is, if I ask myself, for example, self-care exercise, Do I feel like exercising today? How many of you guys know the answer is always going to be no. Who feels like exercising? Nobody unless you are just obsessed, diehard exerciser. I'm not even talking to you then because you're exercising anyway. (laughs) So the truth of the matter is when we give ourselves a choice, most often that choice is going to be no. So don't ask, just do prioritize it. It's non-negotiable. It's not an option. It must take place. So here's the deal. Let's talk about some activities that we need to be engaging in that provide self-care. Exercise, I just mentioned that. And it doesn't need to be, oh my gosh, you're spending hours at the gym, okay? Even just 30 minutes of walking. Something where you get up and you get out and you allow yourself the break that you need to physically release some endorphins and and just build some serotonin and just really relax. OK, so it could be a mini workout. It could be a 30 minute walk. It could be the gym. Whatever works for you. I don't really care what you do. Just do something. And the the research and, and experts say you should at least be doing 30 minutes of exercise every single day. And again, that's something we need to make a priority. Number two, eating a balanced diet. I'm going to also add in here eating consistently and eating a balanced diet, because some of you probably might eat healthy things. You just don't eat enough. So eating a healthy diet, omega-3 fatty acids are natural to antidepressant. So, you know, a supplement for that would be helpful, but just making sure you're eating healthy food. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna eat some junk food from time to time because let me tell you, I am not gonna deprive this girl of some good eating out there, okay? But I'm not gonna make a habit of eating bad food, right? I wanna eat clean, I wanna eat healthy, I wanna eat balanced. And I'll drop some links in the show notes for some resources of how you can integrate healthy eating into your diet. But the other thing I wanna say is make sure you're eating balanced meals three times a day with some snacks in between so a breakfast lunch and dinner and some mini snacks that are healthy these are the things that are going to keep your metabolism going they're going to keep your energy up they're going to keep you feeling healthy and alert and well and it's really going to keep you from really experiencing the physical part of burnout Practicing good sleep habits. Now, this is not something people have to really help me with because I love my sleep, okay? But definitely, one of the things you want to do is make sure you're going to bed at the same time every day and getting up the same time every day because a routine is critical. And if you're a parent out there, you know that when your child was young, or maybe they're still young, the critical need for a structured routine. Well, guys, that didn't change just because we became adults. Unfortunately, though, we allow ourselves to get out of routine. And so good sleep habits are critical to us recovering, to us getting the healthy rest that we need so we stay healthy and well. So definitely adding and incorporating that sleep habit in there is important. And then do things that make you happy. This is another way to prioritize self-care do something every day that makes you happy. It doesn't need to be something major. It just needs to be something. So one thing that my fiance and I do, and we don't do it every day, but we do try to do it a few times a week where we just decide, you know what, let's stop what we're doing and let's go for a walk near the water. Because personally, I love the water and so does he, and that's something him and I have in common. And so no matter what's going on, we'll, Pack the dogs up in the car and we'll go walk for an hour. Even if we've already done the gym workout, it doesn't matter. We just want to get out of the house. We want to, you know, do something that makes us happy. It doesn't have to be something that you have to spend money on. It can just be something as simple as, you know, just going into a coffee shop and having a small, you know, a $5 coffee, just getting out of the house getting out of the office getting in a place that makes you happy but try to spend at least 15 to 30 minutes every day minimum doing something that brings you joy calling your grandchild calling your kids whatever that is calling your spouse it doesn't matter but do something that makes you happy All right. The next thing I want to encourage you to do when it comes to self-care is also to be in a place where you're identifying and tracking your stress level. Okay. now there's a couple of ways that you can do this. There are some stress level trackers that you can look at online. I'll drop a link in the show notes for that. But my personal favorite way to track my stress level or just to unwind or unpack my mindset, if you will, is to journal. So I love to journal. I used to do it every single day and i definitely personally need to get back into that but i have found that when i journal it is literally the most liberating thing and i tell this to people all the time journal your thoughts journal what's going on. And don't just journal how you feel and what's going on. I also will give people an assignment when it comes to mindset health. I'll say, you know what, I want you to spend an hour or up to an hour and write down everything you're thinking about that situation. Close your journal and walk away from it. Come back to it in two days and look at what you wrote and ask yourself, is this really, and I mean really, true? Or is this just How I feel. Because a lot of times, what we don't realize is there are things that we're thinking that we think are truth, but they're just emotion. And so then we can really be real and honest with ourselves and say, okay, this is not true. I definitely need to address this. And now I can open my mind and myself to taking action to how to address that. So journaling what's going on, journaling how you how you feel, doing some self check-ins is huge. Another thing that people love to do is to meditate. Meditation, whatever that means to you, is another opportunity for you to just tune out the noise of the world and everything around you and just get quiet. Whether you do that in an office, in a room at home, in a car, I don't care, but meditation or giving yourself some space, just tune out the noise, is critical to helping you minimize your stress level, okay? Exercising will definitely help with stress as well, but in addition to exercise, I would encourage you to journal and meditate. Now, if you are at a point where where burnout is really feeling heavy, then I would strongly encourage you to seek out help, you know, talk to a coach, talk to a counselor, somebody who can really help you compartmentalize pieces of that burnout and start attacking segments of burnout and stages, if you will. Okay. Another thing is to get connected with others, networking connections or friendship connections, family connections. The last thing you want to do is withdrawal and isolate, which is what feels natural when you're actually feeling burnout. So you're going to have to push past how you feel to actually do the connection thing, because you're not going to, quote, feel like it. Let me just be real with you. So a lot of times when I can recognize I'm struggling with something, I often have to push past how I feel. And what I find is when I do that, I actually appreciate the fact that I did, because if I pushed myself to go to a function that I didn't feel like going to when I was feeling all that burnout, I found that I actually did enjoy it. But getting past the feeling of not wanting to go was so hard. And so there were a lot of times I missed things. But once I was able to start owning my journey, owning the fact that I was burnout. Owning that I needed to do more things for myself and do more self-care and just pushing past how I felt, it really helped me to build connection. And that really helped me overcome a lot of depression, a lot of isolation, a lot of things that I was feeling from the burnout that I had experienced. Now, another very important thing you need and must do is to manage your job tasks with balance. Now, I understand We're in an industry. And depending on your office, you may have an office of one. You may have an office of many. Most likely, regardless, you may feel like you have more work than a person realistically can handle. I'm sure some of you are nodding your head, even as I'm saying this. And trust me, my friend, I understand. Okay. And here's what I'm going to say to you. Yes is not always the answer. No is a perfectly good answer, and I know it's hard to say no to things because you're afraid of consequences of the no. I'm going to talk a little bit about how to deal with that in a minute, but I am going to say here, right here, is boundaries are critical for preventing burnout. And if you're in an organization that does not support you fully or value you as an employee, You may be afraid to say no. You may be afraid to say I cannot do that because you may be afraid of losing your job. What I would say is if you're working for an organization where you can clearly see the morale is awful, you may need to look for a different job. And I know that sounds tough love. And I know you're like, but Laura, I need the money. Yes, I understand that. But you are not going to even make it if you don't make a change. We're going to talk about making a change in a little bit, but you must understand the power of boundaries. No is part of setting a boundary. You need to understand clearly what's realistic for you to accomplish and where you need to draw the line. And you also need to be able to prioritize your work effectively by organizing things in an urgent, important, important, less important, not important status. So when it comes to looking at the tasks that you do, I know you're helping a lot of people that have quote, emergencies but we are not in the emergency management business now there may be on occasion there may be a priority that feels like an emergency management type situation and certainly we will need to deal with those but 98 percent of what we do is not emergency management it's not life threatening and nobody is going to die the next day so that means you have to decide what must be done in the given time that you have at work boundaries set your schedule. I start work at this time. I am leaving the work at this time. I am also going to set the boundary of taking a break, maybe a morning break, maybe an afternoon break, but definitely a lunch break. I am going to set a boundary that I am going to give myself permission to step away. Okay. The client blowing up your phone because their emergency is stressing them out, but their emergency cannot become your emergency just because they put something off. I know it's hard. Trust me, I've done the work. I know it's hard because it feels time sensitive, but you cannot allow yourself to continue to cater to everybody's emergency at the sake of jeopardizing your well-being. So I'm gonna do a whole episode on setting boundaries, but I definitely wanted to talk very briefly about what that needs to start looking like. Another thing for managing your job and task with um, with balance is to speak up. I know this is going to be hard for some of you because you're afraid of the consequences or you just don't like confrontation. So let me give you my favorite strategy for dealing with confrontation. You, If you've ever been in a training with me, you've heard me say this, but I'm going to say it here is called SET, S-E-T as in Tom, support, empathize and truth say something supportive say something empathetic and the truth hey mary Jo, i really love this organization the work that we do is so phenomenal and what you're doing to help us succeed in this organization is amazing and i know it's really hard as a manager to juggle making sure we're doing everything and everything's getting done and also the grants and the funding or whatever else you want to say that's empathetic it must be tough right And the truth is, I have found myself with too much on my plate and I need you to help me unpack it some because I find myself starting to feel stressed and I'm starting to feel disinterested in this job. It's really taking a toll on my personal life. It's taking a toll on me emotionally, physically, whatever that is, whatever your truth is. But be honest and speak up, support them, empathize and the truth. Okay, that is how you can handle confrontation with ease. And speak your truth. The other thing I want to mention is work-life balance. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, you have to have a boundary of when you start the day, of when you finish the day. And here, another thing, do not take your work home. That is a very bad habit and it is unacceptable because you will be burnout very quickly if you continue to do that, if you're not already burnout, So you've got to have the boundary that work stays at work, even mentally, even mentally work stays at work. And I know it's hard because you may be worried about somebody that you're working with. You're going to have to find a way to release them for the day. okay? because, again, even though they're in an emergency or crisis, their crisis cannot become your emergency every single time. You have to balance it out. Now, I understand what I'm saying, my friends. I've been there. I've done the work. I did it for 15 plus years So I know personally how hard this is, but it must be done and I should have done it, but I didn't. And guess what? I'm no longer doing that work because it burnt me out. I don't want that for you. I want you to stay where you are. I want you to stay doing the amazing work that you're doing. So please hear me when I say this. Ask for help. I know That we may not want to admit that we actually need help, but you need to admit it because we are not Superman. We are not Superwoman. We are not the Hulk. We cannot do it all. We are not Spider-Man. We can't cast our web across the building and go on to the next, right? We like to think we are because we are in many ways, but we're not completely, right? We're human. And so we do need to be realistic. I want you to look at everything that's on your plate and I want you to say, what do I need to ask for help with? Now, here's the thing, if you're gonna ask for help, you need to receive the help. Oh, yes, 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 I did say that. You need to receive that help, okay? You need to let people help you, okay? You also need to be okay that the result may be not the same way you would've done it because not everybody is you, right? You have your way, they have their way. But what matters, and I've had to learn this because I'm a bit of a perfectionist, (laughs) that done is better, than perfect. Okay, done is better than perfect. And I've had to really embrace this in my own business so that I can let people come in and help me get things done. So let me tell you, my friends, you've got to ask for help. You've got to allow people to come in and provide assistance and take some things off your plate so that you can activate self-care. All right, so if you are experiencing burnout already or signs of burnout, here are a couple of things I want you to do. Number one, get real with yourself. Okay, so this is my little tough love that I'm going to give you. You need to be honest. The worst lie you could ever tell is the lie that you tell yourself. I'm going to say that again. The worst lie you could ever tell is the lie you tell yourself. You've got to be honest with yourself. Be honest with how you feel. Be honest with what's going on. Be honest with the truth of what's really happening in your work right now. And then. I would encourage you to take a break. There was a time when I literally went on FMLA for 12 weeks and I took it. I'm going to be honest. My pride was pretty high and I never thought I would ever do something like that. But it was one of the best decisions I ever made because I legit needed the break. Now, I'm not saying you have to go on FMLA, but what I am saying is you may need to take a vacation. You may need to take some time off. Okay, so do it. Take care of yourself. Get yourself back together. Focus on self-care and well-being on those things that we talked about earlier. And in this break that you take, reflect on your personal values. Remind yourself of what is truly important to you in this life that you live. In other words, what are your personal passions? What are your dreams? What are your aspirations outside of work? And is your work aligning with that? And if not, then it's time to explore new opportunities. And I'm just keeping it 100. While I don't want anybody to leave where they are right now, I certainly don't want you to stay stuck and unhappy if where you are is not going to help you get back there. Okay, maybe exploring new opportunities maybe within your own agency. In other words, going back in and talking about your workload and how you can change that, or maybe a different position altogether, or maybe even a different organization. And then make changes. You have to make changes. If you want something to be different, you've got to change what you're doing to be different. You know, we know this definition of insanity uh, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Can I just be real with you, my friend? That's probably what we're doing when we're experiencing burnout. We keep doing the same thing over and over, thinking it's going to get better. And <laughs> here's the newsflash it does not. So, Explore those new opportunities, whatever that means, and make the necessary changes. Listen, the work that you do is critical. It's important. It's valued. And there are people who need you to be your best self. But more importantly, you need to be your best self. Now, I remember I struggled with self-love for many, many, many years in my younger days and i remember hearing this old scripture not to get too biblical on you but a scripture that says you know to love your neighbor as you love yourself you see i grew up being told that it was selfish to love yourself or to put yourself first and so that's why i struggled to put myself first and it's interesting that something that to me is just a wise word when i think about loving your neighbor. As you love yourself, how can you properly love others or serve others when you neglect yourself? See, the truth of that statement is to properly love others or to properly serve others, you must first love yourself. You must first serve yourself because when your tank is full, you have a full tank to serve from, and it will ooze and spill out of you. So number one, you must always be in a place of filling in your tank so that you can pour out what is amazing inside of you and give some of that to other people. I don't know about you, my friends. I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on with you. But if you're in this place, okay, and you're trying to balance the job, balance the client load, balance what you do, balance all the behind the scene things, the reporting, all the things that are required of us, whether it's a you're in a management position or a counseling position or whatever role you play. Number one, you've got to love and take care of yourself because by doing that, you are actually taking care of everybody else. I know you desire to be the best at what you do. And that is how you're gonna do it. So here's the deal, my friends. If you have identified with any of these, I encourage you to take some of the action steps that I've given you in this episode, write them on a piece of paper, take that action plan, and start executing it because I don't want to lose you in this industry. I don't wanna see you go through burnout. Trust me, it is not a fun place to be. And if you're experiencing burnout, just know that we're here for you. And if I can personally encourage you, reach out to me at info at or you can find me over in the Counselor's Lounge over on Facebook. All of those links are in the show notes. I'm here for you. So I hope this has really spoken to you. I hope this has been super helpful. I definitely want us to continue this conversation on burnout over in the Counselor's Lounge. So be sure to check us out over there and let us know how we can support you in either overcoming overcoming or preventing burnout. All right, my friends, until the next time, take care and God bless. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of In the House. You can find today's show notes and links to all the mentioned resources at lauraroyer.com forward slash podcast be sure you're subscribed to the show on your favorite listening platform and if you love what you're hearing make sure you leave us a review also be sure to join me and other industry professionals and in the counselors lounge community by going to www.lorroyer.com forward slash community to continue today's conversation and other important topics so we can continue to support you until next time my friends stay focused take action and continue to serve your community with excellence.